Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Corcoran. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm pretty happy today to have on the line Jared Moore, the Coach Development Manager for Basketball New South Wales. So welcome, Jared. Thanks for coming on board today. No, thanks, Anthony, for having me and uh, a, a massive appreciation to you, mate, for having this set up for uh, all the coaches out there. And yeah, let's 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 do this. I'm pumped. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, obviously, you know, we're all still sort of feeling out how, how post-COVID is going to work and look, and no doubt we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more in the podcast. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, you know, like I was, uh, again, with all my guests that I, that I don't know personally, I, I do a bit of Google stalking and, and look them up <laughs> and, and try and find find what I can uh, about their background and, and where they started in basketball. But um, yeah, I guess for you, what, what, what was your introduction to basketball? How did you get involved? Oh, mate, that's a, how far do I go back? <laughs> I go back, I, I, I remember distinctly that it was my sixth birthday party and my uncle had bought me a... Uh, a little Michael Jordan plastic hoop. And I was thinking, what the hell is this? You know, all I, all I want to do is run around and be a lunatic like every six-year-old boy does. And anyway, he, uh, he opened the packet, he uh, built the rim, showed me what to do, and then off I went. And then the little Michael Jordan video was there and I watched this little Michael Jordan video and I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. And then just following birthdays and, and uh, Christmases later, I've got a Shaquille O'Neal video, awesome. found Shaquille O'Neal and, and – uh, that started everything and just his absolute dominance. And then Penny Hardaway came along and it was really funny when I was probably about eight, nine or 10, I, I wrote a letter to the uh, Orlando <laughs> magic as a little kid. And, and I thought nothing's going to happen to this letter. I just thought I'm a little, I'm a kid from inner West Sydney and I'm writing the Orlando magic, a letter of, you know, probably the biggest human being in the, in the world. And uh, they sent me a, uh, sent me a gift pack on the way oh, back. Nice. Well, along with a little video and they, a little Penny Hardaway jersey. And I thought, how good is this? <laughs> anyway, I watched Penny Hardaway and Shaquille for a few years. And then Kobe Bryant came along and got involved with the game at a, at a club and domestic and school level. And, and uh, yeah, kind of built my way up that way, playing and uh, eventually getting into coaching. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So... One of the things I was keen to ask you about, like I was having a look at your, uh, the education you did, you know, the post-school post study and um, very uh, interesting course, I suppose, or, you know, like just a pathway in terms of yep. what, you, what, you, what you took on. So uh, Bachelor of Human Movements and a Master's in Sports Coaching and, and the Bachelor of Education as well. So were those things that I guess, you know, just came to you, just just sort of happened naturally or did you have uh, in mind, you know, that's obviously a fair bit of study, but um, yeah. did, did you sort of think that's how you'd go when you started? No. So, so a third of those courses was by accident <laughs> and um, it was really funny. I was filling in my preference sheet right after the HSC and I thought, what the hell am I going to do? Like the, the number one thing I wake up thinking about every day is basketball. So it's pretty clear I want to be involved with basketball, but to what extent I, I don't know. Cause I actually remember sitting in a year 12 PDHPE class and I looked at my teacher and I thought, there's no way I could be a teacher. There's just no way. <laughs> any, any rate, I got to this preference sheet part and I thought just looking through the courses and I saw some sports stuff. So I ticked them and uh, 
I, I, uh, I, I ended up getting into the, the first course on my preference list, which was human movement studies at UTS. And, and uh, we got to the end of that course and, and one of our lecturers was calling out some names who had enrolled for Bachelor of Secondary Education. And this is going to sound really, really, really <laughs> stupid, but they were calling out these names and I didn't think my name was going to be called out. And all these individuals, you signed up for the uh, Bachelor of Secondary Education course. Jared Moore, you're doing it next year. And I thought, what the hell have I got myself into? <laughs> I don't want to be a high school PE teacher. Anyway, I did the course, did the course. I learned a lot out of that. Um, and I, I had, I had been coaching at my high school cause I, I came out of, um, Rex Nottage's Newington college program. And the last day that I was there, Rex came over and said, you should think about getting into coaching. And I thought me getting into coaching, no chance. Anyway, I'd coached a couple of years at Newington, but didn't really think I was going to go anywhere with it. And then, uh, just talking to one of my lecturers one day, um, in, in one of the courses while I was doing, while I was doing uh, secondary education, he said, um, I know someone else who's, who's basketball coaching. And he pointed me in that direction. And it was a guy I knew. I, it was actually a guy I went to high school with. Yeah. And it was so funny. So I went over to him and I, and I said, I said, Hey, uh, Hey, what's, you know, how do I get into basketball coaching? And he said, let me introduce you to someone by the name of Daniel Fisher. So I met this gentleman by the name of Daniel Fisher and he's a community coach in, with North Bears and he, he, I met him in February 2009 and he said, come get involved with our under 12 girls rep program, got involved and start to do some casual work in our community and, and uh, the rest is history. And, and then in, in relation to the master's degree, I was speaking to another coach at North and he was raving on about this masters for sports education. And I had, I had loved doing the, the community coaching that I was doing over those past two years and got to about 2009, 2010. And I thought, why not just specialize in coaching? Just keep on going. Mm. So I thought I gave Donna O'Connor uh, a call who, who runs that master's course at Sydney university. And, um, I didn't quite meet the prerequisites for the course because you needed a, you needed a large amount of experience, but she said, mate, if you want to do it and you're passionate, I'm not going to hold you back. And I thought bloody beauty. I'm cool. getting in there. I'm getting myself, I'm getting myself uh, educated and sitting next to me was Damien Cotter. And I thought, what the oh, hell nice. am I doing here? <laughs> how, how do I belong here? Anyway, I, I absolutely love the course. And uh, right after that course, I was lucky enough to get a, a full-time job within the basketball world about two or three months later. And uh, yeah, stay, stayed in the game ever since. Yeah, nice. So I guess the follow-on question from that for me is, uh, and I heard you talk about this on that uh, webinar you did a couple of weeks ago, but like how, how do you use those concepts that you learned at uni uh, in your basketball coaching? And you talked about yeah, experiential learning. Um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like I think it's, it's, to some people, it probably just makes a lot of sense, you know, like yeah. uh, make it as game-like as possible. But mm-hmm. um, but I suppose there's a technical part to that that, yeah. that some people probably don't uh, or might want to learn more about so yeah yeah how did what does that look like for you yeah so it was really interesting like um i don't regret doing my courses then but if as i look back on my time i learned most of the tricks of the trade on court and just talking to people yeah what the education courses really did for me was was prepare me for those um and when you're when you're inexperienced and you're doing those courses you're like okay you're taking it in but you've got no reference to then go and try it um so uh, you know, I had all those notes stashed away 
And then whenever I ran into a hurdle or I had a question, I would either refer back to my notes or get on the phone to one of my mentors and just say, hey, look, I'm stuck on this particular issue. What are your thoughts on this? And uh, yeah, just by, just by getting just by getting that, that backup education and then preparing, um, preparing myself for the, the field that is community sport within the spectrum of, of state sporting organisations and eventually Basketball Australia, you kind of knew where the boundaries sat. Yeah. Um, and, and that way I, I knew exactly what direction to kind of push, push me in. And, uh, and yeah, I, 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 those having those boundaries helped, but then, as I said, getting on court and coaching and talking to kids and and uh, going through moments of talking to parents and adversity that stuff helped immensely. And just uh-huh. being just having a being a development officer for six or seven eight years yeah. um, in association land just that uh, made me who I am today. It really, All really right. did. Yeah, cool. So, uh, what's the, what's the hardest part about being a development officer when you were starting? Oh. The hardest part, the probably the validation, like, am I doing this right? I've yep. got no idea. I, I don't know whether this is, I don't know how this is going to look 12 months from now. Um, a lot of trial of error, a lot yep. of trial and error, a lot of diving in the deep end. Um, but it didn't take me long to figure out uh, what the trick to being a development officer was. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, I, I said it in my webinar, but you're just a salesman. Uh, yeah. you're just getting out there and you're just trying to get the community to fall in love with, with the game and your association. And if you're a salesman and, and you're trying to connect with people, there are some people that, um, you won't be able to connect with. Uh, and it's just a matter of trying to, approach and observe how people would kind of take what you're selling. Um, And it was really tricky because sometimes you're talking to businesses and you're looking for sponsorships. And I remember walking down high street in the middle of Penrith uh, with a whole bunch of sponsorship letters with, with one of our imports at the time a few years ago. And uh, we were just handing out letters to, to all the businesses there and they were all saying, oh, no, sorry, we sponsor a footy team, we sponsor a netball team, we sponsor the local dancing team. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, this is a lot harder than I thought. And then, and then I reflected on that and then I went the other way and then I thought, well, what am I putting in this work? Why don't I just email all the parents that I know within the association and, mm. ask, and ask what they do and whether they own businesses? And that completely helped that changed everything and and one of the one of the parents at the association was actually was actually a ceo of a white goods uh, stakeholder oh, who right. was best best mates with with Lionel Lee who owns Bing Lee oh right and and he said Jared I'll let me have a chat to Lionel Lee and let's see if we can get him on as a sponsor for Penrith basketball and two months later mate Lionel Lee was on board and he was supporting the program and I thought oh bloody beauty but <laughs> get, going back to the original question mate like it, as soon as you jump into the basketball development officer space, it, it, just trying to understand um, what's your job, what's your role, yeah. and and am I doing this right? That that part's tricky. That part's tricky. But there was a lot of people there that were helping, and and luckily my job, my boss at the time had been in that space, so she kind of knew exactly what to oh, yeah. push me in. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's that's interesting. It's I mean, yeah, a lot of associations have those development officer roles, and yeah. and I think. Um, for me, you know, having been involved in associations as well, I think the hardest part might be just figuring out what the expectations are. Um, yeah, totally. and, you know, 
hopefully you never walk into that situation where you've got as many members as you've got. That's that's how many people think they're your boss. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's exactly right. But and then the trickiest thing is, as soon as you walk in, like I went from Penrith to to Werribee, um, which is now Winter Basketball, like now, and uh, the trickiest thing is, uh, they, these people have no idea who I am. So one of, one of the first things I did when I was there um, in the first month that I was at Werribee was just get on the phone to each of the presidents and just listen to them mm. and just say, hey, what's doing? What are the issues? Here's my mobile number. Here's my email. Yeah. Um, if, you've, if you need anything, if you've got anything, just give me a buzz and never hesitate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's uh, customer service 101, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your role at Basketball New South Wales. Like, yeah, what what do you do in that role? And I guess uh, the other thing I'm sort of a bit interested in is do you have a bit of uh, oversight or involvement there with the New South Wales Juniorette program as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so I spend the majority of my time uh, coming up with coming up with ways to educate and develop the coaches in New South Wales um, and that extends everything from getting them accredited and uh, making everyone aware that Basketball Australia is there to educate and help you and set up a foundation. Yep. Um, and then also not to forget the incredibly large amount of coaches and incredibly hardworking coaches that, that are putting in the work. And the predecessor before me, Sean Roger, did a, fan, did a fantastic job setting up a foundation of that. And, and even before him, Roddy, Robbie Kadee did a, did a phenomenal job. And I, I met with both those individuals. And, and it's really important to remember the history and the hard work that the people before you put in. So one of the first things that I did was not only meet with them, meet with Sean and and Robbie Kadee to to kind of put my, to kind of put my ideas out there and get a feel of what the role is. But one of the, one of the first things I I, I thought I needed to do was there's nearly about 3000 coaches in New South Wales and um, speaking with a very experienced coach educator in Europe, I I kind of had no idea what I was getting myself into. Like I knew I wanted to help coaches and I definitely love the game, but I was like, what what the hell do I do? I've got to educate (laughs) these coaches and I'll keep running courses and I've got to keep developing people. And Peter Lonigan's been a huge, huge help. And, and I, and I was thinking to myself, well, okay, well, I better start with understanding what my visions and goals were. And Sean gave me that piece of advice and he said, make sure you understand your vision. So I wrote down my vision. I wrote down some of the goals that I wanted to achieve with this role. And, uh, and I'm still fiddling with that. And I've, I've really been spending my first few months just kind of observing and getting my head around everything yep. rather than trying to, to blow everything up because there's, there's been a lot of hard work put into the role already by Sean. And last thing I want to do is, is go in there and then just change everything. And, and, and it's, it's working. Well, why, why break anything down and, and try to remold it? So yeah, just spent a lot of time on the phone with coaches around New South Wales, man. And a lot of wise people have said a lot of wise things and, and, uh, yeah, we'll grow the game statewide and educate and develop coaches and, and hopefully hopefully um, get these coaches to reach the dreams and, and get more people into the game. At the end of the day, just want more basketball citizens. That's exactly what we want. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, I guess you've got similar problems to Queensland in that uh, everyone's spread out. Um, very hard to to get that sort of one-on-one market penetration from your yep. point of view. So, um, how do you guys address that? Yeah, really interesting. So, um, have to identify that uh, 
I'm coming from inner West Sydney, so not very well connected with regional New South Wales associations. So one of the first things I did was talk to a couple of people about who were the best people to speak to, to try and get out to these New South Wales regional coaches. So um, made a couple of phone calls. They gave me a couple of people to call, spoke to them, um, got a couple of ideas, um, still in the process of doing that. Uh, but then also picking their brains about what the best ways are to, to reach out to these coaches. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of road trips, uh, a lot of enjoyable road trips, uh, six hours on the road, listening to podcasts and, <laughs> and a lot of learning. And, and if you, if you start to get a bit bored by the podcast, you just jump on the phone. Thanks to Bluetooth's in cars, mate. And, uh, and then I've been as far South as, as Marimbula, which is six hours down the South coast and yeah. done courses out there and loved it. And been four hours Northwest to, to Tamworth and met coaches out there and, that's that's one thing I, I absolutely enjoy just just driving out there, um, adding any value, um, at least one percent worth of value to the coaches, and and keeping in touch with those coaches and making sure that that I'm there to help them, and uh, making myself accessible. And I've reflected uh, uh, amongst all the uh, road trips that I've done so far into my tenure, and I just hope that that I can meet more people and try to add more value in each direction that I can go in. Yeah. The, the, I guess the best way to, to do that is to um, get face, pinch the skin, shake hands, yep. make sure that you run co- co- uh, courses and, and care for the coaches and every now and again, jump on the phone with them to, to check up with how they're doing. But um, it's inevitable, mate. Like it's a six hour drive. All right, great. Let's uh, spend a week and head down there for a little holiday. Where <laughs> deep down inside, you know, it's really for work, but uh, I enjoy it nonetheless, mate. I, I don't see it as a challenge. I see it as a as a, something that I'm grateful for, really. So, yeah, I've loved it so far. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. So, um, I guess one of the things uh, I wanted to say, give you a big shout out, and also a thank you. I think, like the, I'm a member of your basketball New South Wales coaches Facebook page, even Thank though I'm a Queensland coach. <laughs> <laughs> we but, don't discriminate, uh, mate. Don't discriminate. <laughs> but, you know, you're up to about 1,200 members, I saw. Um, yep. And and the content you're putting on there is really good too. Like, obviously, a lot of articles and, you know, videos and stuff like that has almost been, you know, like just a smorgasbord of uh, content, you know, put yeah. out in the last couple of months. But, yeah, what's the... Um, you know, feedback that you get through the, the Facebook page and that sort of thing. Is it, is it pretty good? It's really funny you say that because people will tell you if it's good, but they'll never tell you whether it's bad. Okay. Um, so it's, I've, you always have to reach out to people that you trust and you have a strong connection with to get positive feedback. Cause if you just walk up to a coach that you met day one and you say, Oh, be honest with me. I want you to tell me what you think of the Facebook group. Obviously they're going to say, yeah, it's good. Oh, please don't shoot me. <laughs> um, so, uh, so t- t- reaching out to people, um, that, that you trust their feedback and the people and mentors that I've reached out to, um, about the feedback of the group has been that yes, there's great content. Um, but sometimes the substance could be significantly deeper. Like we're, we're talking about mindfulness and we're talking about articles and, and videos, but, um, what if we got one of these experts just to write a two column piece about a few questions and it's so easy with a Facebook group for, articles to get lost. So you could put something up 
and two months later it'll be lost and you've got to scroll all the way down. Yeah. So it's definitely good for people who have Facebook and for, for people who aren't really doing anything and they're just kind of scrolling through their feed. Um, but I'm still trying to come up with a way where we can kind of store that information and, and make it easily accessible and kind of make a digital library for, for coaches to access at any point. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it is a challenge and the, the, the critical feedback has been uh, definitely the substance and, um, uh, and I understand that that's always going to be an issue, but uh I'm, I'm going to keep putting up content because each time I put up content, like I said to you at the beginning of the podcast, if it can at least help one coach improve by 1%, then it's job. So I'm definitely not going to stop there. And at the end of the day, it just connects people to resources. And sometimes those resources can, can uh, help answer curious questions that coaches may have. Yeah, yeah. It almost sort of leads to the question, do you, do you then sort of have to have a bit, bit of a um, social media strategy as well, like in that coach yeah. education space? Yeah, most definitely. Oh, I totally agree. Like um, I was one of my first courses that I was doing, um, I was talking to a coach and he was talking about how he had all these questions and, and he kind of said, and it's kind of resonated with me because I've been trying to figure out how it, would, how it would work, but he said, Jared, I wish there was a Wikipedia for basketball coaching. And I thought, well, yeah, there kind of is like, it's the whole internet is just the whole Wikipedia. You've just kind of, you've just kind of got to curate between the, the resources that you're going through, because as you can imagine, it's like drinking from a fire hose, mate. As soon as this pandemic came along, um, there were websites and videos coming left, right and center. And um, as good as all that stuff is, how can a coach kind of go through all of that and then find the specific answer to that specific question? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was really interesting. Bernie Slattery said to me when I first started, cause I met with Bernie Slattery and Bernie Slattery is a very experienced coach down here in Sydney. And he said, um, the role of a coach development manager isn't necessarily to be the be all and know it all, but the one to kind of facilitate and guide learning. And, and I've, I, that those words really resonated with me because it kind of took a massive load off my shoulders. Cause one, one of the things that I was doing as soon as I got this job was kind of reading every basketball encyclopedia that I could think of. <laughs> and I thought, Oh crap. If the, if I don't have the answer when coaches ask these questions, <laughs> I'm done for, I'm done for. So yeah, definitely the strategy for all this social media stuff is important. Um, but it's very, very easy to, to get lost in because yeah, uh, I'm I'm very hyperactively optimistic, mate. And whenever I see a good article, I'm just like, oh, put it up right now, put it up right now, or I'll schedule it for two months later, or I'll schedule it for Christmas or whatever. So, um, just ensuring that that coaches, uh, uh, you're kind of guiding them in a direction um, that in topics that are relevant to them now, that's the hardest yeah. thing. And if you, if you can get to a majority of them, you've done your job. But if you can, like I said at the beginning, if you can get to at least one, then I think you, you're doing your job. And as long as the content's out there on the internet, then coaches can get it whenever they want. Mm, yeah, I, I was interested last week. I did a podcast with uh, David Patrick and he was saying, you know, uh, at the moment, they're doing like a twice weekly Zoom hookup with, um, and yeah, some of the coaches that he mentioned were like uh, Porter Moses from, yeah, from right. Loyola in Chicago. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And he sort yeah, of said, yeah. Idea. And I thought, oh, have you only just sort of started this recently in the last couple of months? He said, no, we've been doing it for seven years. Yeah, wow. Uh, I thought, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so, I you know, yeah. So, you know, like I think he sort of said it all came out of, you know, just bumping into each other at, 
at final fours and things like that. And then again, just making connections with people and um, yes, maintaining that that discussion, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and I've found a lot of generous coaches out there during this period, and and uh, Brett Coxage has a large amount of, of contacts, and and so does Sam Gruggan and and Curtis Sardi, my work colleagues at Parcel New South Wales. And um, as soon as this started, uh, Reese Potter put up his. Uh, online coaching clinics and had a quick mm. chat to him and I thought that's a really, really good idea. I should jump on that right away and I uh, imitated Reese and, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, they say imitation is the best form of flattery and, and got in contact with a few coaches and, and everyone said yes. Not one coach has said no and I thought, wow, how fantastic is this? We're just yeah. connecting, connecting a coach from the middle of Sydney to head coaches, head coaches of college programs and adding incredible, incredible value. And yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. But I'm not surprised Dave's been doing that, mate. Uh, I'm sure there's been many coaches out there doing that, but uh, just a matter of finding them. Yeah, yeah. No, so interesting, I guess, this for for the uh, listener's point of view, if you want to go check out Jared on the, was podcast number three, no, the webinar number three you did for, uh, was it Werribee? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wyndham Basketball Association. I think it was the very first one for their yeah. domestic coaches. Uh, okay. So got on, yeah. uh, got on, got on the webinar for the domestic coaches and try to instill some inspiration in them. Yeah, uh, and start a start a path of growth. And uh, yeah, we'll now, see what happens. Some, yeah, there's been some good, um, like you say, good content. I must say, I've I've downloaded a, a, probably about. 50 different uh, seminars that I've come across um, and I keep thinking one day I'll watch those. Uh, but I haven't had a chance yet. So, um, yeah, and it gets stored away in that little hard drive that you put <laughs> at the back of your cabinet, mate. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to sort of ask you, like, and again, a lot of people sharing ideas and, and thoughts and philosophy and that sort of thing, but what's one of the more interesting things you've come across lately in terms of uh, coach education. So uh, I guess yeah, I'm probably looking more at like concepts or style of play and, and yeah, you've heard something or seen something and said, oh, that's interesting. I wonder whether, what, you know, and, and it's just tweaked your interest a little bit. Oh, mate, there, where do I even start? There, there's been a lot. Um, but if we were to talk about, if we were to talk about coaching, um, I just read a book called The Resilience Project by Mark Van Kleinberg and it was recommended to me by from a uh, coach in, in Newcastle and, and uh, he said this book's fantastic and, and I've got to give coach Adam LaRue a, uh, a shout out because he just kind of started this um, curiosity within me and, and uh, started reading this book and it was, it was really well written. Mark would tell a story in a chapter and then he would explain his values towards the end of the chapter. Oh, yeah. And then later on in the book, he would, he would um, kind of put all those values together and, and, and blow up his path. And, and so I kind of started thinking about the values that he, that he concluded in the book. And I read this other article that another coach shared, um, coach Tom Farrah from the Illawarra Hawks. He shared an article by Dr. Michael Gervais, the host of uh, the Finding Mastery podcast. Oh yeah. And uh, Dr. Michael Gervais was talking about mindfulness. And uh, one of the things that has been in my mind this whole pandemic was that's, that scene in The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. And uh, someone was talking about him. I think it was his security guard. But they were saying that Michael Jordan has this uncanny, this uncanny ability to just stay in the present. 
And I thought, what, what the hell does that mean? Like, how do you be in the present? Just do you just take notice and you just get distracted by the <laughs> by the fairies that are going on around you? Like, what the hell does that mean? And and Michael Gervais in his article started talking about how people who are mindful um, are very much in the present, and mm. then he was talking about how the top performers in the world are very much in the present, uh, are very much in the present. And, and he was talking about, all right, how do we get kids there? All right. So we got to talk about positive self-talk. We got to try and navigate that, that negative criticism out of them and then try to put them on a rightful path towards, towards that light and positive self-talk. And, and uh, I've been just looking it up ever since. And, you know, every, it, it, it's, it's funny that coaches and, and experts say, well, if you want to be mindful, you've got to meditate. All right. Well, that's, mm. that's easy for some and some already do that. But, uh, you know, what are some more practical things? Well, what about that, that CEO um, parent that happens to coach his under 10s team on a Saturday? How, how can he have, find time in his schedule to meditate? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting, just all these points. And I'm still looking at stuff in it now and, and uh, that's been the biggest thing. Um, and, and I've just been kind of thinking about it ever since. Like, how do we get more and more coaches in the present? Mm. Because it's very easy once the pressure comes onto a coach uh, that they just start thinking about the future and, 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 the, and the negative aspects of, of what could potentially happen. And, and uh, yeah, and people just say, just take a breath, just remember the basics and put yourself in the present. and how did you get to that moment? And yeah, it's really, really interesting. I'm mm. still finding stuff at the moment. I've still got to do, um, I'll still run and read a lot more articles about it, but yeah, I'm, I'm just bringing more and more people towards that concept um, recently. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm very, very interested in it. So that, that'd be, have to be the one that will definitely have to be the one out of this. Uh, oh, three, cool. four months. Yeah. I um, had a look at the, you posted a video. Actually, it was a, um, I don't know who the guy was. He looked like a monk or something about the five yes. hindrances. That was good. Yeah. Too. Like, I checked that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I watched that mate. And, and he just, he just, just, he just talked about self mastery so eloquently. And I thought, yeah. I'm sure there'd be a few coaches that would that would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, all too easy just to sometimes just default to the behaviour probably that you had when you were coaching or, you know, yeah. playing as a kid or whatever or, um, you know, like uh, – and, yeah, certainly it's it's – it's easier to escalate and sort of get hyped up and start shouting and whatever, as opposed yeah. to, um, you know, engaging a little bit of Zen. And <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly and, right. and seeing if there's a better way of, of, of reacting when things aren't going your way or even when <laughs> things are going your way. So, um, mate, mate, I've tried all of it. I, I, I throw bad tantrums myself and I, I, I fiddled with pens. I've chewed pens. I've had tennis balls in my hand. I've sat down. I've stood up. I've crossed my legs. You name it. But uh, oh, mate, it, it's a, it's a, it's something that uh, we as coaches need to be very self-aware of. And, and self-awareness is, from what I continuously read, is the key to to start any of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah really stuff. interesting stuff. So let's uh, have a chat about. Uh, I, I read also online. You you went over there with um, Coach Liam Flynn to the yep. summer league in 2017. And, yeah, that um, was a great experience. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that experience. It must have been pretty awesome 
Yeah, so it was really interesting. So um, I was just sitting in my office one day and, and uh, Liam had just reached out to me and he said, uh, hey, coach, how you going? Nice to meet you, so on and so forth. And um, I want to show you like this little tour that we had. And uh, in that period, I think it was towards of 2016 that I started talking about it. I kind of thought to myself um, that uh, do I want to be a professional basketball coach? Um, and I kind of thought, well, this could be this could be a very good opportunity to not only get exposed and network with people, but just just to kind of tip my toes in the water. Yeah. And and uh, you know, I'm a development officer coming from Western Sydney, coaching in schools and Aussie hoops and doing domestic basketball and junior reps on a daily basis. And then next thing you know, I'm on a plane to Las Vegas, <laughs> going to NBA Summer League. So yeah, yeah, Coach Liam Flynn was more than happy to to have me on board. Um, and I went over there and we had a whole bunch of meetings and learnt a lot of, lot of valuable lessons. And, and, and uh, one of the most memorable ones, we were walking down to the, to the main court there at the Max Center, uh, which is UNLV's court and uh the 76ers were training this is when markel fultz was rookie and we sat down at the edge of the court and then off in the distance brett brown and brian gorshin were having a chat and i thought oh bloody hell <laughs> i'm sitting courtside i'm watching markel fultz and the rest of the philadelphia 76ers team and brett brown and brian gorshin are right there and i'm coming from an aussie hoops class and i'm thinking what the hell what the, what's going on so we're sitting i'm taking notes and then brett brown on his uh, on his own accord he comes over and he sits down and he goes who are you where are you from and 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 what are you doing here and i'm like oh crap oh crap oh crap you know what do you say it's like well i'm jared from penrith basketball and uh just just here to to get some observations from your coach and and he was fantastic he was he was um more than generous with his time and we we're just talking about um i remember in that moment i, I was talking to him about uh, how he had a fantastic, fantastic, uh, accountable environment and all the guys were working their ass off and, and, uh, obviously they're trying to train for a contract in, in that kind of context. But, mm. um, yeah, he said something that, that kind of resonated with me and he said, yeah, Jared, it's funny you ask that question because I actually coach the coaches harder than I coach the players. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, that's really interesting. So, mm. you know, he's staying on top of his coaches. And as a head coach, that makes sense because if you're going to look after the masses, you've got to look after the generals, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's looking after his generals, the guys that are on the floor the whole time, and the coaches are working their asses off. And I thought that's absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, and then we met a whole bunch of other coaches and and uh, Patrick Hunt was there giving a clinic. Oh, yeah. and, had a meeting with him and, and got two cents from every presenter and then got to the end of it. And Andrew Janke emailed me and he said, mate, do you mind if you just write a blog about that? And I thought, Oh, bloody hell. I've never written a blog in my life. Anyway, <laughs> I'll give it a go. And then Andrew Janke, uh, Andrew Janke gave it top reviews and I thought, Oh, how good's that? <laughs> just kind of a, a good little feeling, mate. So no, that was, um, yeah, I came out of that experience, uh, came out of that experience, understanding that, you know what? I, I have no aspirations to be a professional coach just yet. And it's easy for me to say that because I've never been there, but experiencing it didn't harm me. Mm. Um, but it, it kind of 
aligned my agenda to what I want and, and what, where I think I can help in the game. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting up in the stands next to Kevin Eastman and Terry Stotts and then James Harden and Chris Paul are walking past you and they're, you know, on a quarter of a billion dollar contract. And <laughs> here I am just looking after Aussie hoops kids when I get home. It's, uh, yeah. It's a very humbling, humbling experience, but every coach that I spoke to and, and, and poked questions at was more than generous with their time and I'll forever be grateful for that experience that that Liam provided for me so yeah big shout out to coach Liam Flynn yeah yeah good stuff another bit of news for this week um good news for for New South Wales basketball with um Illawarra Hawks or are they just going to be called the Hawks I'm not quite sure but that that ownership group uh getting sorted out and uh, yeah yeah very healthy for New South Wales basketball yeah making sure um you know there's an NBL pathway there when you you sort of you know you're out and about and you're talking to people like how important is it that people can actually see that pathway you know like I, I would imagine it would have been fairly you know upsetting I think for people in the local community, if if that was uh, no longer going to be there in the future, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. It's one of the first things I talk about in um, in any course that I do. Just kind of make coaches aware um, that yeah, sure, you're starting here, but he, here's where you can go. Um, now, here's where you can go doesn't mean that that's the only path. <laughs> I've known, I've known coaches that have started coaching two years, uh, packed up their bags and then took the risk to fly all the way overseas or fly to a different part of Australia to be an internship coach and, and just work off um, pairs and tuners. <laughs> and, uh, and those coaches have ended up uh, being in very good spots. Yep. So it's completely up to it's completely up to what the coach does with that pathway, but making them aware is very, very important. But then also making them aware if they're not sure where to go, who to talk to. Yeah. So every course, here's my mobile number coaches, here's my email. And uh, I mean, to this day, I've probably had three or four coaches call me and just kind of clarify what their visions are. And I thought, how good is this? This Mm -hmm. guy could be, this guy could be the next Greg Popovich or the next Patrick Hunt or um, so on and so forth. And and that's the the very motivating factor. Whenever I talk to one of these coaches is just, you just don't know where this coach could end up. Mm. So, so, Try to put in, try to put them on the right path, and having the Hawks there um, is a massive help because there are a whole bunch of fantastic coaches down that way. And guys, if if I can try and facilitate a, a, an observation opportunity or a connection opportunity with with the coach and the group down there, and and uh, then hopefully I've done my job, and 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 one coach is inspired to to keep on going. Because at mm. the end of the day, more basketball with citizens stay in the game, and and uh, we'll see when the uh, next Michael Jordan comes out of uh, comes out of Australia, mate. So <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah, good. good stuff. Good. This coming out of COVID now, and uh, venues are opening up. Obviously, kids are training again. Um, yep. Is it? Much of a, I guess, um, and I'm probably thinking about you know the way that people have used Zoom and and Microsoft Teams and stuff like that in terms yep. of uh, just keeping in touch and communicating. Like certainly, the team I was coaching, we have still have a fortnightly Zoom meeting, and yeah, while everyone's sort of dispersed, I think it's just good to keep everyone connected. Yeah, though we weren't able to play, so like, do you think? that situation has sort of changed the way we're going to deliver stuff in the future. Oh. 
Totally, totally. It, it's really funny because um, the more I think about it and the more people talk about it, the internet has connected us but brought us even more apart. And it's it's such a weird dichotomy. Like how, how does that work out? Um, and there's still a lot of value in the face-to-face connection, but uh, it, it is also so important to realize that if someone can't make a particular face-to-face opportunity, yep. then there's a plan B and you can use a Zoom and, and you can do it over that. So one thing, one thing that I'm definitely going to start planning and putting a strategy towards is how can this, how can this help coaches? How can we reach to coaches who are in the far corners of New South Wales yep. and provide value to them. Um, and if I ever swing by their next, then definitely face to face. Um, but definitely will look and encourage coaches and provide them opportunities and solutions to, to what these video conferencing platforms can provide. Oh, I think it's fantastic. And, and it's really funny. As soon as we got onto Zoom, and as you know, Zoom stock went up, mate. And then <laughs> Google started improving Google Hangouts. And I can only imagine the amount of money that they made, but all for the benefit of meeting and, and sharing knowledge. And, um, yeah, you're connecting through here and then one day hopefully that will lead to a face-to-face um, meeting and, and relationships will be built from there. And the more mm. relationships, the, uh, the more growth we can, we can get on the right path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, interesting. You mentioned uh, country New South Wales coaches, like um, probably the first in the first five anyway of the uh, podcast I did was with Patrick Hunt. And yeah. uh, he talked about his time growing up in Tamworth. And I sort of said, well, how did you get information, you know, about coaching? And he yeah. sort of said, pretty much got thrown in the deep end. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, even back then, you know, like it was newsletters and uh, basketball sort of magazines and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, a lot more opportunities for coaches anywhere to, yeah. to get, get connected and, and, yeah, um, definitely. and, and get, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's so many coaches now who are so giving of their time to just uh, yeah. to, to provide you some uh, insights and, and advice as well. Yeah, definitely. Like what are your favorite uh, areas when you're talking about resources and mm-hmm. I guess the how-to part of coaching? Like where do you go? And Yeah, interesting. Um, it's – I learned this very quickly but I learned it quickly over a number of years. So I, I kind of built up resources and then I started reading these resources and then I got so overwhelmed. So definitely number one, I would always usually head to the, the Basketball Australia page now, um, the, the FIBA uh, World Association of Basketball Coaches page that has some fantastic content. They've put they've they've got a large amount of YouTube videos and and great coaching clinics there. Um, and you, you don't I don't I don't think you've got to go too far. I mean, mm. you can sit you can sit in the lounge, you get, stroll through the amount of FIBA and and Basketball Australia clinics that people have put up, and if, if you want your curiosity to be um, kind of ripped out, then jump on the Basketball Immersion podcast. But yep. usually if I go up those three avenues and, and there's, there's uh, more ideas that I want to kind of grab from other people, I just jump on the phone with, with, with one of the, my mentors or another coach. And um, peer-to-peer learning has been huge for me, um, mm. especially over these past couple of years. Just other coaches in the field who are working their butts off, just jump 
jump on the phone with them and say, hey, have you been facing this problem? Yeah, I actually spoke to this person. Oh, do you mind if you, if you share your mobile number with them? Yep. And um, it's really interesting. One of my, uh, one of my uh, coaches that I recruited years ago when I was in Penrith, he was, um, he was telling me that he's built up a really good relationship with Paul Goris of, of the Canberra Capitals. And I thought, how good is that? Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he built up this, this courage and curiosity to, to reach out to Paul Goris at Canberra. And um, as you know, Paul Goris is a fantastic teacher and coach, mate. And uh, that coach is getting better just uh, every day by just jumping on the phone. And, and I think that that one-on-one conversation with the coaches is probably the best resource that you can have. But if you're just laying on the lounge, mate, and you just want to kind of dive into the world of the internet, then, then uh, yeah, FIBA, uh, Basketball Australia and, and Basketball Immersion. And before that, it was a whole bunch of books, a whole bunch yeah, of championship yeah. production DVDs. Yeah, mate. Like, yeah, that's it. The collection is built up. And, uh, and, yeah, over the past 15 years, the internet and the uh, world of sharing is just absolutely blown up. So just trying to filter through all that stuff is really, really tricky. But they've always been my go-tos, always, always been my go-tos. All right. Good stuff. You mentioned then uh, mentoring and um, that's always a, a, an interesting one. Like for me, I guess sometimes some of those things have, have happened fairly organically, you know, like you yeah. had a coach catch up with again, with them again, you know, a few years later and, and then you're coaching and you sort of say, Oh, you know, how, how'd you do that? And, and for me, like, I guess uh, Dave Claxton was another one of my guests that I had on and, and yeah. like coached me back in under twenties. And, um, you know, like I really appreciate his, his insight too, just in terms of uh, he'll, he'll say it like it is and he'll yeah. say, what are you trying to do there? Cause it's not working. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And put you yeah. on the spot a little bit just to challenge your thinking as well. So mm-hmm. how do, um, how do you guys approach that sort of mentor mentee, you know, getting that set up? Cause mm-hmm. I think it, that's probably the hard part is sometimes people have connections and other times they won't. So yeah. Um, when you say you guys, do you mean Barcelona, New South Wales? Yeah. Yeah. Personally? Oh, well both. Yeah. Like, uh, how, how do you do it for yourself? And then, yeah. um, how do you encourage people to, to get involved in a, in a mentoring relationship? Yeah. Um, for me personally, I've never, for me, it's been completely organic. Um, I've never asked that question. The specific question is, um, do you mind if you, if you mentor me? I've never asked that question. And there's always been, um, how can I term it? An intimidation from within me to, to approach a very experienced coach and ask that question um, because it's always been overtaken, like straight to the point. Like, what do you think of my session? Like, uh, what are your thoughts on this? So on and so forth. And um, all the all the people I usually go to, they've built up very organically, and, and we've built up a relationship. And and um, we, we don't have a mentorship program in Barcelona, New South Wales per se, but we do encourage people to get out there and talk to each other and kind of build relationships with each other and, and start talk. So just building, just building a community of coaches and, and mentors will find each other, whether they're peer to peer or um, whether they're, you know, the Greg Popoviches to the development officer, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, for me personally, that's always kind of, being built up over a year of spending time with each other and then just kind of delving into the dark corners of, of um, your, your insecurities as a coach, like coach, I, I just can't figure this part out. What are yeah. your thoughts? Oh mate, you got to do this. It's like, that is incredibly helpful. So it, it, it's always been organic for me over the past 10 years. And yeah, my, my mentors have just 
can you can count them on my hand and I, I trust their feedback and I can always go to them and um, not one time have they said have they said to me no I don't want to answer that question they've always been very open so okay. that, that's how, that's how I've approached it and yeah. one day I'll build up the courage to to approach an aspiring mentor that I'd like to be mentored by but yeah yeah that that's exactly how I've done it and that's exactly how, how I encourage others to do it yeah, nice. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your um, coaching philosophy. How would you describe that? Oh, mate, where do I even begin? When I when I think about that, it's an absolute roller coaster. Um, it, it, I've been thinking about this a lot myself recently because my philosophy has changed year after year after year. And, and um, I've done the worst thing. I've pinballed. I've gone, all right, I've tried that offense this year. All right, next year I'll try a completely different offense. And then next year I'll try a completely different offense just because I just want to try a whole bunch of different things. Um, the, the values that have kind of stayed with me, um, definitely that, that, that we before me kind of concept and, and trying to teach kids the basics because I've had I've spent a lot of years coaching juniors um, not a lot of years coaching seniors um, and uh, I'm coaching seniors this year and, and the first few months were very nerve-wracking but uh, yeah I just understood the importance and dived into it so yeah my coaching philosophy mate that's that's very interesting I, I haven't found um, an offense that I am completely in love with yep. Um, but I have found some principles that I enjoy um, and the principles of um, working hard for the team, being quick with your decisions. Um, it, I guess you could term it as very read and react. If the ball does this, then you do that. Yep. If you pass it to the wing and you make a cut, then that cut is completely determined by what the defender does. So you've got to try and make a decision about that. If you've got a catch, if you've got a catch on the wing and you don't like the feed to the post and you don't skip it and you reverse it through the, the foreman, um, up the top in the seam, then this is what you do. Um, so it, it changes year after year, mate. So um, yeah, that's a very naive answer, I know, but uh, I, I haven't kind of found that core, that core philosophy that I've fallen in love with. And there are values I abide by, but mate, they change every year. They change <laughs> every every year. So yeah, I'm still trying to discover my own, but uh, I, I'm continuously talking to coaches about it year on year, and I just try things and. Then I don't like it, throw it out. And, and um, it's really interesting because then I had this thought the other month, well, maybe I don't have a philosophy because I don't stick to one. I'm like that kid <laughs> in the candy store. I'll get some M&Ms and then a lollipop. And it's like, I don't know what I like because I'm just trying everything. But anyway, I guess you could say that's my philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> don't be stuck on one philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Can't be stuck on one philosophy. Just trying everything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the things that quotes I heard heard once was uh, offense is about concepts and defense is about rules. So is that something you subscribe to? Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely, yeah. If that was anything, that's definitely something because uh, after, all my years of speaking to mentors and watching clinics, um, that's something that I'm completely sold on because that just teaches kids how to play the game, just teaches kids how to read. Um, now, the more experienced coaches I've spoken to, um, they've said the exact same thing. They just said that kids are just becoming worse and worse decision makers and they're just right. not reading the game well. Yeah. Um, and that's not that's no harm to the coaches that have worked with for these kids because there's a lot of hardworking coaches out there. Um, but 
there are so many ideas and there's the internet and there's sharing. So I'm sure there's a lot of coaches in the exact same seat than I am. Just like, I'm not quite sure which one to do. I'm just going to do this one. Yeah. I'm just going to do that one. Cause that's easier, but whatever it may be. Um, cause I know there was a year where I, I coached by principles and then the very next year I just coached sets and it was so contrasting. And, uh, and I, I think the number one thing that I'm going back to this year with my youth league boys, I'm just going back to principles. Right. If, uh, if you're denied by the defender, just, cut mate yeah. if if uh if if there's a dribble entry opportunity don't bother with the dribble entry just reverse the ball and then move yourself yeah. and uh yeah and and just teaching the guys how to how to play through those principles so yeah really excited to see how i teach it but i haven't taught through those principles in a while so i'll spend <laughs> a lot of hours sharpening the axe before i chop the tree mate <laughs> <laughs> good stuff so um where do you see yourself in about five years time obviously you're a student of the game and yeah. uh very keen to learn and, and and yeah. uh, making making good connections early, which is great. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so funny you say that, Anthony, because um, I remember I remember when I was work coaching it at North Bears in about 2010. We um, went down to the Melbourne National Junior Classic, and uh, that was the first time I'd been in Melbourne, let alone Melbourne for basketball. And I remember driving around the city, and I thought, "Mate, I love this city. This is great." And I remember saying in my head. I would totally work here if I had the opportunity. Um, that was 2010. Then uh, eight years later, eight years later, applied for the Werribee job and I got that. So I started mm. working in Melbourne and also, and I thought, wow, I don't know whether I'm a psychic or not, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, I keep thinking about having a billion dollars one day, but that's yet to happen. <laughs> and, and then it's really funny. So uh, I've, I've, driven past Barcelona, New South Wales head office multiple times. And I thought, how good would it be to work there and just kind of have an impact on the game throughout the state. And funnily enough, I applied for the job and I got it. Yeah. And, and then, and then the kind of the next thought that, and I, I wonder whether this would happen, but there's been one country that has always been in my mind and, and that's Spain. All right. And I traveled to Spain in 2014 with a family and I thought, wow, I, I wouldn't mind living here for, for a bit yeah. and just seeing how it is. So if you were to ask me where I see myself in five years, uh, I absolutely love this job and I'm not trying to sign my resignation letter <laughs> just yet, but I'm loving this job and I think I'll be in this job for a while um, unless, uh, you know, touch wood. And, <laughs> and uh, hopefully one day there would be an overseas opportunity for me to to work either in Europe or or anywhere else in the world for whether it be coaching or coach education. And um, I'm absolutely loving this space because it's just helping people. But um, no, I, I don't think I have aspirations to coach in the States, which is, which is very, very interesting to say. Um, but, and I, I don't know why I don't mm. know why there's, there's just something that turns me off about living in the States and it's not just this period, but, yeah. uh, just, um, yeah, I, I just don't find it attractive. I love touring there. I love being there and meeting coaches and, and seeing their fantastic basketball programs, but Spain was way more attractive, way, right. way more attractive. Okay. So 10 years, who knows? I, I could be the coach and development manager for Spain basketball. And I can't, I can probably say two words of Spanish. So <laughs> no, I'm just focusing on the present right now, mate. So we'll wait and see whether that dream comes true. 
Yeah, well, I had uh, another friend of mine, Dale Ryan, was on the podcast. Yeah, and, he, and I he, had a chat to him about that. That was a really good <laughs> chat with Dale. Yeah, he um, he's over there helping out Valencia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, so uh, he, he loves it. Yeah, so good guy, good guy. And Valencia Basketball Club, I had the opportunity to meet some of the coaches um, from there last year because Dale connected uh, Reese Potter and myself with a couple uh, – Valencia coaches, they came out and did a coaches yeah. clinic and a plays yeah. clinic and they were out of this world. They were out of this world not only with how open they were, yeah. um, but they were out of this world with their coaching and, and some of their games and I've taken some of their philosophies away and absolutely loved them. And, yeah, uh, yeah hopefully uh, I'll get to Valencia one day and and um, put my two cents there. Check it out. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly right. Good stuff. Well, Jared, um, probably uh, taking up enough of your time today. So uh, I just wanted to say thanks again for uh, making the time to be on the podcast. It's been uh, great to catch up with you. Like, um, really, like I said, I appreciate what you're doing there in terms of uh, the basketball New South Wales workload and um, the coaching education, like the – yeah, I think the electronic stuff that you're connecting people with is is on on the money. You know, like it's um, it's good stuff. And again, like you say, uh, it's all about that curiosity and and challenging people's thinking. And you know, just keep um, uh, you know the same old same old works at times. But sometimes yeah, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. And yeah, so I do really appreciate yeah, the the content that you're putting out. And wish you all the best in the role, mate. Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, massive, massive appreciation to you, mate, for getting these stories out to Australian coaches and coaches worldwide. And like I said, if, if one coach comes out of this podcast inspired and wanting to be better, then I've done my job. And that's all thanks to you, mate. So job well done. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. It's uh, good fun. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I've got a list actually of coaches on it and uh, I look at that list every now and then I go, how am I ever going to get through all that? Like, <laughs> Thank goodness for Zoom. <laughs> yeah, there's hundreds on there. And, uh, oh, I can imagine. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll We'll keep moving along. I think I'll, um, I'll there's a, there's a turn for everyone. Put it that way. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Yeah, and everyone brings a you know it's everyone's journey's different. Everyone gets influenced and, and learns from in in different ways through their basketball journey. So it's it's good yeah, fun. That's definitely sure. And I enjoy that, mate. Thank you so much once again. No worries. Thanks again, Jared, and uh, all the best, eh? Yeah, you too, mate. I'll see you on the hard court soon enough. <laughs> Do right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at australianbasketballcoach at gmail.com. That's australianbasketballcoach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Coach, and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.